What's up people welcome back to one of my amazing podcasts the chai with chai ofi and today we have two new guests with us one is david and another is naya both are brothers and here we go All right guys uh, just to give you a little bit context of my chai with chai ofi podcast it's all about having a beautifully brewed chai with some of the couch surfers that i host at my place and we go live My name is Naya and I'm from Kenya. Uh been traveling in India for the past uh, couple of days and I love it here. And my name is David Anderson. I'm from the US. Uh I've been traveling I guess for about 2 years kind of on and off. I've been back in the US a little bit uh to do some work, but and I've been traveling mostly in Asia. This is my fourth time in India and I just got here 4 days ago. and now my brother and i are going to be traveling in india for a month so that's amazing so david and naya you guys are brothers right but you guys are of a different skin color like like that so i want i i know it's a very early to address the issue right now but i guess i want to throw the dice in right now and you know like try to know a little bit about your story both of you guys and then we can you know shift in towards the traveling and couch surfing so tell us a bit about yourself your journey like your, your education you know how you guys are brothers everything yeah yeah so i'll start and then i'll let my ask you uh So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and then when I was in high school, I guess it was my freshman year of high, so the my ninth grade year, which is the first year of high school in the U.S., which is junior college, right, in India. Um, I had met a few Kenyans while hiking in the mountains in California, and then had talked with my family about potentially hosting a student coming from Kenya who was. going to be studying in my high school wow. for a time and then I so um uh, I went to school in Nairobi a high school uh, that has a relationship with um the high school that David my brother went so when it was time for me to do an exchange program um I was very lucky to be hosted by David's family wow and uh that was in 2009 yeah and um <clears throat> after that I went to college in New York but um I stayed with David and his family and we've been brothers ever since oh my god that's amazing it's so beautiful to know like all over the world when on the one side there are so many either racial discriminations happening or you know there are so many abuses that are happening to different sorts of people when you actually meet this kind of people who are actually taking into consideration a little different people of different color and taking them in as one person family you know it it makes you feel so proud as well as it makes you feel that you are actually doing some good uh, stuff at the end of the day right yes definitely i mean uh, in my experience you know, while living in America, America um there's a lot of discrimination against you on know, black people latinos um people of color generally speaking and uh, I've had such a great great experience with uh, David's family and um the friends around them so um I've got to learn a lot about this issue in the US uh and it's uh, we have these discussions during dinner about how um <clears throat> prevalent it is how institutionalized it is um uh in especially in the United States because I've lived there longer than um say any other country apart from Kenya 
Wow. Shout out to David's family, first of all, for such a beautiful gesture. Secondly, uh, now David, this is your fourth time in India, I guess, right? And yeah. uh, for Naya, this is your first time? Uh, I came here in 2007 for two weeks for a conference, but I was too young. I, I barely remember that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I just want to address this situation. Like that. now you've been telling me about like you know a little bit of life in USA that you guys have stayed. And now this is for you is the fourth time in India. How would you compare the uh, life in US versus the life in India? Because uh, like I'm a computer engineer myself and I have a lot of friends who are actually trying traveling to USA especially because of the STEM courses and everything like that but no matter how beautiful they look for the US thing at the end of the day since they are from India they always have this sort of a mindset that you know like no we miss India we miss our family that kind of a conception for them because for them this has been their, their major place where they have been brought up from mm -hmm. so I was want you to address the situation since you have been here for like four, fourth, fourth time now so how different is US compared to India like just throw it in for the people around us? Uh, it's a hard question to answer, but I would say super different. A lot of times when I speak to people from the US who are thinking about traveling outside of the country for the first time, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't recommend usually India as a first country that they would visit because I think it's so different from the US that you would experience some culture shock. <laughs> and I'm sure that the same is true for Indians going to the US. Of course. There's a huge divide, yeah, culturally, in so many different ways, right? Um, but, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay, it happens, yeah. Even, even, even I, I'm at a loss of words, even I get a lot, lot of words right. at times, so. I mean, I think there are obviously similarities between the two countries. The US is quite diverse, racially. Although we have a lot of problems with racism, it's still a very diverse country. We are not as religiously diverse as India, Ooh, but yeah. I would say India is a super diverse country also. Yeah. So, in, I mean, in some ways, the, the two countries, I mean, there are similarities. They're both big, they're both divided into different states that have different laws and different customs and different yeah. everything. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess the major thing is India is, is just kind of like beautifully organized chaos. And that's what I tell <laughs> yeah, people like, who want uh, to, to travel. Honestly, honestly if, if, if you have to give an elevator speech about it, elevator, what do you call, um, I'm not getting the word right now, but pitch. elevator pitch, yeah. yeah. If you have to give an elevator pitch about India, it would be the exact same words that you define. It's a beautifully organized chaos is what India is to me. Yeah. And yeah, like I have to address to the question that you said about, you know, traveling to India or traveling around. Uh, and it will be a huge culture shock for us. Uh, honestly, and that that is that is one of the major reasons where I like the concept of couch surfing in because now suppose you're traveling to some place else and to reduce the little bit of a culture shock, you can actually be hosted by someone else, you know. So shout out to couch surfing for that because like the real reason I take uh, the podcast with couch surfer is majorly because in India or rather rather in all over the world that I was discussing with David the other day that the problem is about you know like trusting a person or more more importantly like letting a stranger into your house and letting them stay irrespective of the references or irrespective of whatever the person has gotten on couch surfing so the model in itself uh, helps you 
believe in a little bit of person and of course like you know like the bad and a good experience are always a part and parcel of the life but fortunately i have been like much fortunate enough that i have not never had any bad experiences while couch surfing so this is one of the major aim with my podcast that i want to break it for the, break the conceptions about around india or rather if people are listening to my podcast around the world that how through couch surfing you know let it break the conception about letting a stranger into your house so tell me this how many countries have you traveled and out of those countries how many have you used couch surfing to stay in and what what has been your first ever couch surfing experience and the same question goes to you naya as well if you have used couch surfing uh, or not the, or just travel basically all right so i've traveled to 65 countries oh, i think that's yeah i think 65 and i have used couch surfing in maybe 31 or 32 I traveled like quite a bit before I found out about couch surfing. Actually, I found out about couch surfing years back. And because of this kind of fear of staying in a stranger's home, yeah. And the whole concept seemed a little bit crazy to me. I never like really pursued it. I just made a profile in in 2015 and then I never used it oh. until 2017. Oh. Uh but I'd heard talk of it and I had just kind of never really took it seriously. But um my first couchsurfing experience was in Norway. And uh I have family in Norway, so I I had been staying with family and then I w- ended up somewhere where I didn't have any family to stay with. And some I actually had not even thought about couchsurfing in years since oh. I'd made that profile hmm. until a German guy recommended it to me. Uh and I went back on I downloaded the app onto my phone that same day. because the price of a hostel in Norway was so expensive it was like $60 for a bed in a dorm. Whoa. So I downloaded the app, I quickly kind of threw a little profile together with one photo, a few words about myself, and I had no references, and I sent out a few requests to stay. And um there was a girl who she was like a 20 22-year-old girl with a 4-year-old daughter. Whoa. who accepted me into her home and she told me to come around 7 p.m. I arrived and we had a cup of tea and then she gave me the keys to her house and at some point I extended the stay I stayed with her for like 5 days at some point she actually left to go stay with her parents for a night or two uh with her daughter and she just left me her in her house wow that's beautiful yeah so I was, like for me it was a really shocking first especially in a country Norway is a country that's quite I don't want to say it, people are friendly but they're quite um shy or quiet or reserved okay um closed a little bit they're like not the type of people who have open doors you know they're not the type of people that will invite you into their house immediately off the street like like can happen in India um so I was really shocked by that <laughs> by how trusting she was of me and I had nothing on my profile and i through through my life in all of my travels i've gone i like i kind of it's like a roller coaster of i go through periods of being super trusting of people and then of not trusting anyone after something bad happens yeah, it becomes yeah. super it happens with all of us i guess yeah so i guess that's been up to now my i've stayed with now i've stayed with over 100 hosts on couchsurfing oh wow man that's amazing yeah so i i think you're like 103 or 102 or something Um and I would say like maybe two or three were not great experiences. There were <laughs> there were a few not great ones, but you know, we're looking that's like what like 98% were really amazing. Success rate. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, I've been fortunate to travel to uh, about 10 countries, mostly in Europe, when I was studying abroad. Um, I've never used couch surfing, so I really don't have an experience to share. But um, I guess the closest thing that comes to mind is when David and I went to Nicaragua in 2011 and we stayed uh, with a family, like a huge family in this farming village up in Matagalpa. And um, it was very, very, they were very nice people. It was very interesting to me because that was the very first time I stayed uh, with a different family that they, were, they, were, they didn't speak English very well and with my little Spanish that we got along really, really well. And um, I guess uh, to me that's the closest experience that comes with uh, to couch surfing that comes to mind. And with the what we were talking about before with the color thing, that was kind of a funny... A funny experience for us traveling around Nicaragua because we went to some very rural areas okay. where people had not seen a white person before and they had not seen a black person before and especially like a dark, you know, a dark-skinned black person before. And we got so many, like we just got stares and people shouting. <laughs> we, like walking through a market one day, some woman started shouting, Africa, Africa, Africa. <laughs> mira, mira. Mira, like, which means look. Like, come, come and look, what there's an mean, African. What does it mean? Look. Look, like she's okay, calling okay. people to come, come look at come him. Look, there's an African. <laughs> because the people there are quite mixed. I guess they would be kind of like a medium, like Indian person. Brownish. Skin. Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So okay. for them, it was just shocking to see two opposites. And then when we say we're brothers, uh, people were like, oh, so you have a different mother or you have a different father? Or exactly. What? Like, yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, does yeah, it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I get it. So, uh, like, uh, talking about my experience, I've not been that fortunate enough to travel anywhere around the world. But I always live by this motto that unless and until I have the capability or the capacity to travel the world, I'll make sure that the world comes to me. And that is the that is the major thing. I love to host couch surfers. So then I get so like. I have not, honestly speaking, uh, touch wood. I've never, I've not uh, travelled anywhere around the world. But I have at least two people in almost all the countries in the world that I know. So, mm -hmm. it, so I've been fortunate enough, and I, I I've been uh, that way enough. And um, oh yeah, addressing to your statement that you said that the German guy introduced you to the couch surfing, that got me thinking that you know, like majorly, it's the European people who've been majorly active on couch surfing, yeah. right? But I think before you also there was a Chinese guy from New York that I hosted. So I guess couch surfing is even getting uh, in, inside the American market as well. So mm -hmm. can you tell me how how much do you think uh, American people also use couch surfing? So that you know, like there are a lot of friends of mine who are actually staying in. Uh, uh, America and they keep traveling around Canada, America, somewhere, somewhere. So in case if they, they are a little, little bit short on money, if they know a little bit about couch surfing, if it's actually present in America and Canada, because we know for sure that it's always there in Europe because a lot of yeah, us yeah. have been hitchhiking, backpacking, XYZ on European European lands. But when it comes to the American Canada side, I don't know much. So if you can address to that question, yeah, yeah. then we can, you know, that'd be great. So I've never, I've actually never hosted somebody with couch surfing. Okay. Uh, we've, I've hosted friends who've come, who I've met while traveling in other countries. Okay. Uh, when they've come to visit uh, the US, uh, but never using couch surfing just because I haven't been home since no, I started yeah, using yeah. couch surfing. I've been home for little chunks of time and I live in a city that's not so popular for tourists 
So I, I, even I've turned my profile onto hosting and I'll get like two requests in two or three weeks. Well. Um, but it is there. It's definitely present. Like I've done searches just to see how many hosts are available in what city. Like in a city like New York, yeah, of course, you're going to be able to find a host, I think. Uh, and I mean, there's thousands. And I've messaged actually a bunch of different hosts in Cleveland just because I wanted to know what has their experience been hosting people in, in my hometown because I want to become a host in my hometown once I go back there. Wow. And they've responded that they've mostly had really, really good experience um, with couchsurfing. Okay. The only issue that they've had with couchsurfing in the US is American people who are moving to the city and they can't find an apartment. Okay. And they are trying to crash for like a few weeks before. But for a foreigner who wants to come and travel around the US, I think couchsurfing is a great... I think it, and it's becoming more... Popular. Yeah, I think so. Of course, I mean, the majority of people would still kind of be scared. Yeah, that, There's they, this they trust are. issue or letting a stranger into your home. Yeah, but like, yeah, even yeah. my parents, when I first started using couchsurfing, uh, especially my dad, he was more worried about that side of it, you know, this, like, security thing. Like, even as a surfer, like, oh, you're going into a stranger's home. Like, how do you feel safe? Like, how do you know that they're not going to take your things yeah, yeah, or yeah. do whatever? Um, and I think that the same thing, I mean, it obviously applies to the hosts as well, of but course. that's changed completely. I mean, my parents have seen the experience that I've had and they've even now, they're open to the idea of hosting. Wow. Uh, as long as I'm there, so. Um, just to add on that, I mean, um, right now in America, there's a lot of, uh, political divisions oh, yeah. and uh, generally speaking Americans are not usually as trusting as say Europeans you know in, in terms like that so right now in this time it might be harder uh, than normal to find a a, a good host um, in, in, in America just because of the political climate I mean, I'll take a, uh, take him on this because I remember David the two days back when you were coming to my place. Now the thing is, I have an experience, vast experience of hosting different sort of uh, people around myself. So I know how uh, whom to trust, whom whom I can't trust, or you know. So I saw David's profile. He has a fucking 100 and x 101 something references. So I know for a fact that this guy has good experience and has given good experiences. So I remember when David was supposed to come to my place. I I wasn't there at my place and fortunately my roommate was there but also he was also leaving so I was gonna tell David to you know that get the keys of my apartment from from somewhere else and just open the apartment sit and sit by yourself and I'll be home late so like but I can definitely see if instead of me if it were my roommates or my friends somewhere from out they would be very very reluctant to uh, even tell David to come come to the house if it, even if they were alone like right. I'm not even considering the fact of giving the keys or letting him take the keys and you know go all in the apartments because the thing is I they haven't been exposed to that sort of a couch surfing experience that right. you know it's okay if your laptops and phones and wallets are lying around but the couch surfer can legit come to your house with your keys and everything and they'll just be there of course see the thing is there's always a certain security factor to consider but uh, like I don't know man like for me gut feelings are always the most important thing and right now or from all my 26 28 whatever cow surfing experiences that I have had I have been fortunate enough to not be knocked out by anyone in terms of financial security or whatever you call it or even right. like you know health security or they have been like hurting me or anything like that so I guess 
I am right now like I don't know if you guys will consider this as a couch surfing promotional content but I'm honestly speaking this is not this is majorly how it's been beautifully giving experiences to people all around the world and that is the major reason that I have been hosting majorly couch, like podcasting majorly with couch surfers but now with time I'll be getting into play new people right from artists to CEOs to uh, some good budding entrepreneurs soon but until then I do have a lot of questions for this guys so I'm gonna throw right in but up until now I have just one question to you guys like since you have been traveling a lot tell me one of the best traveling experiences that you have had majorly with couchsurfing and since Naya you haven't had much couchsurfing experience so you tell me one best of your experience that you have and it can also be that David's family adopted you as well so it can be anything yeah just the, throw, it, throw it in. Uh, for me I just go right in and say uh, <laughs> <laughs> spending time with David's family has been one of the greatest experiences in my traveling days but uh, another one I'll say too is uh, going back to Nic Nicaragua situation. I took uh, a year of Spanish in college and that for me was a very good chance to practice my um, uh, linguistic skills and also I would say that was a really good experience. Yeah, it was a great trip, yeah. <laughs> um, thinking about my couch surfing experiences, there have been so many really incredible ones. Uh, but I guess the first one that just jumped into my mind is so I really look. I was telling you the other day that I like to stay with uh, either groups of people like flatmates, roommates, or families. Okay. Uh, I really look for families. Just I, I enjoy staying with families a lot. You get a cultural experience. Exactly. You get a you get a different experience, and yeah. you also you get a different kind of cultural experience if you stay with like a group of students or a group of people who are living together. Of course, if you stay with somebody who's living alone, you still get a good experience. But uh, there was a family, I, I look, I mean, I kind of look for families. So there was a family I stayed with in Sabah, which is a state of Malaysia that is in the island of Borneo. Okay. In a small town called uh, Semporna. I think I stayed with them for four or five days. That was just an incredible experience. They were a super interesting family. The, the mom was from Philippines and she was from a Catholic family and the dad was Malaysian and he was Muslim and so the mom, was, hearing about their experience uh, was just, I mean they, they were open to t t tell me about everything, about how she converted to, to Islam, okay. to marry him and, uh, and then how her family kind of in the Philippines disowned her because they were this, I mean, this religious problem, they're super Catholic and they, I guess there's some Islamophobia there okay. in her family. And um, they also had three kids, so they had two little boys who were playing with me all the time, which is super fun. And they had a really small baby girl. And so the dad took me and the two boys all around, and that area has a lot of really beautiful islands. Around, so it's, it's on the coast, uh, it's like the northeastern coast of Borneo. Okay, that's in Malaysia, right? That's in Malaysia. Okay. That's just uh, near the... What's the name of that sea? It's, it, it, anyways, it's the sea in between the Philippines and Malaysia and there's a ton of islands in there. And there was a day that the dad took me... He had a friend who had a tiny little boat, like a... It's actually illegal, I think. <laughs> it's like a, a tiny little wooden boat. It can hold a maximum of three people. It should probably only go with two. And they put this big engine in it that's actually not made for a boat, it's made for uh, something else. And they attach this like long pole, it looks like something that you use to like, like for gardening, you know, like a weed whacking tool. 
and the boat just flies, but it's wood, and it feels like it's just gonna split into pieces. And he took me out to visit some, what they were calling sea gypsies, but these that's kind of a not a politically correct term for those people. They're like stateless people who live out in the ocean, um, in between Malaysia and the Philippines. Some of them live on boats, and some live on little houses on on like elevated above, you know, on stilts above the ocean. Mm -hmm. And they are fishing or they're farming seaweeds, different stuff like that. And we, we went out and visited a few of those families, and that was just a, like an amazing thing. I don't oh. think many tourists get to go out there. Um, and just staying with them was, was super cool. Yeah, that so was cool. these people don't have a country they identify to? They don't actually have citizens. Those people who live out in, in the ocean don't have citizenship in either Malaysia or the Philippines. Uh, and then most of them don't have, they're not adhering to Catholicism or Islam. But wow. they are, I think, in order to get, so Malaysia is sending doctors, they'll send like doctors and dentists and stuff out to, to visit those people. Wow. The government is trying to help those people. And some of them are becoming uh, Muslim in order, then if they become Muslim, Malaysia will give them citizenship and they can come in. And I think the same same thing is happening with the Philippines. If you become Catholic, the Philippines will accept you into that part of the southern part of the Philippines and give you citizenship. But a lot of them are just remaining out there and surviving off of the sea. Oh, completely. So I would love you you can if you can give the shout out to the family and tell their name so that in case people are traveling to Malaysia, they can always yeah, you know so, get, get in touch with them. Yeah, yeah. So they have one profile on couchsurfing. The dad's name is is Nizam. Okay. And the, mom, the mom's name is Nisa, so it's Nizam and Nisa. It's like, okay, amazing. Is it the yeah. same? Is it one profile or two different? Profiles? No, one profile. Nizam and, and Nisa is yeah, the name Nizam of the profile. Nisa. Okay, shout out to Nizam and Nisha for giving such an amazing experience yeah. to David. All right, man. Uh, I mean, like you know, like the one of the major thing about uh, traveling or listening to you was the stories. Like you know that the stories that we have while traveling. Like even if right now when you were talking to me about those stories, all I could do was just uh, have a smile on my face and listen to you with all my attention to you so that is this is a, one of the major things i love about stories especially travel stories or any stories that the kind of hold it has on you like while listening to someone who can who has a story to tell is beautiful stories are legend beautiful man like mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I like to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Legit man, like, and most of the stories come from our experiences, like, yeah. like you know, like the, the, the time when I asked you about your best couchsurfing experience, for me, it's not that one thing that came to my mind right now, for me, it was a series of experiences that came to my mind, like one of the guys, shout out Jonathan from Canada, he was one of the guys who actually used to have his own podcast on Spotify and that is where I got the idea to make podcasts. So one of the major reasons is uh, Jonathan and then second experiences was, uh, forgot his name, uh, shit, uh, sorry, but he was from Luxembourg and he, you know, he couldn't speak, like he was like half, uh, he was majorly French, but he couldn't speak speak better English but like staying with me for three three days or something like that no I my friends didn't improve for sure but his English definitely improved so the experiences has been amazing like even this right now this chai mug that I have this uh, tray that I used uh, like uh, I remember bestie she was from uh, Turkey and she gave me this uh, thing and it is called the dream catcher she was a very spiritual kind of a person but the gesture that someone does for you is more important 
in the like then the thing in itself so i mean like for me it always gives me goosebumps telling about and talking about my yeah. experiences yeah. and my experiences are still one fourth of what you have had david so i can just imagine the kind of goosebumps or kind of memories that will be go- going and going and yeah. going in your minds so anyway uh this one question that i all had like have you always been traveling alone and do you at times feel lonely or is it uh, been like a great experience uh, all in all like what is it that you prefer more and it uh, goes to you as well naya that's a really good question but i'm going to let david answer this because um, <clears throat> he has traveled mostly alone for a long time and uh, i think he has a better answer to that okay. yeah so before uh i guess the first time i traveled alone was after i graduated from high school when i was 18 and it was in the year uh 2012 okay seven was, years back yeah okay. and uh before that i had traveled with naya to nicaragua to puerto rico we had been on a few trips together okay um so i'd never but i i couldn't travel alone before i was 18 because okay. i was a minor so yeah. i had this idea of maybe a year or two before i graduated from high school and i started started working uh and saving money doing odd jobs on the side and random stuff I worked in a bakery I was delivering newspapers and doing yard work for people gardening and I got the idea I became really interested in Latin America so Central America and South America so yeah, yeah. I started to with my Spanish teacher in high school actually gave me the idea and we he actually helped me plan out a route and everything and itinerary my parents were okay with the idea as long as I was able to my dad was a little strict with he wanted to see like a full itinerary and a budget so he wanted me to be able to do all the research to know exactly if I would have enough money to be able to finish the trip it ended up being a 10 month long solo backpacking trip in Ooh, South America wow. so I left about I graduated in May of 2012 and I left uh in August on this trip and it was super difficult in terms of loneliness for about 2 or 3 weeks. Oh. And my dad is the one who really consoled me during that time. Uh I called a lot. So I was on phone, immediately phone. I didn't even have a phone at that I that entire trip I didn't have a smartphone, I didn't have a flip phone. Then how uh, did you contact your dad? I didn't have anything. They had these little call centers where you oh, can okay. go in and it was like about 10 to 15 cents a minute to call they had like different rates depending yeah, on the country yeah, yeah. you want to call oh. to call the US was cheaper than to call most countries and so you I would just call I could call I I could call directly to their cell to my parents cell phone or to the house phone the landline anything I was calling home a lot and talking because my dad traveled alone hmm. uh, after after he finished college and he was telling me you you will learn to love it like you just have to give it time and you're going to learn that you're actually never alone you can always find people you shouldn't feel lonely yeah. and um i did feel lonely for a while <laughs> and then about 3 weeks in at this point i didn't even really know what hostels were i was okay. like ecuador i started in ecuador okay. and private room could i could get a private room for 6 to eight dollars a night oh. which was still within my budget for what i planned definitely so i was doing that and i wasn't meeting anyone obviously so i was i mean there's was a reason i was feeling so lonely right uh i learned that hostels were one way that i could meet people uh that was a great way to start meeting people definitely and then about 3 weeks into the trip 4 weeks into the trip in peru i just was i was waiting for a bus to get me t- into a town that's kind of in the amazon region to go on a 
boat, kind of, I guess, like a large ferry for four days to reach Iquitos, which is the largest city in the world that's only reachable by air or okay. by water, by oh. river. There's so no, no roads water, going no there. road transport. No road. So then there was a group of travelers who were also uh, waiting to do the same thing, and they saw me sitting there alone, and they like. When I was young, they were all maybe 24, 25. Uh, and they did. kind of like grabbed me and were like, come with us. There uh, was a German guy, two guys from Argentina, one guy from the US and a guy from Israel. Uh, and I went with them for a while. And that was like a really big turning point for me. That's when I started to realize, yeah, you don't have to be alone. You can find these people. You can go with them for a little bit if you want. And then if you want to be alone, you can. Which sometimes I like to be alone. So, of you know, like after, I mean, after some time, we, I, I ended up traveling with the Israeli guy a little bit longer. And then we parted ways and we ended up running into each other four months later in Argentina <laughs> by chance. And, uh, and I, now I've seen him in Hungary. He's living in Hungary now. So I would say really since then, I very rarely felt lonely. Uh, obviously, I miss my family. I miss people. I miss Naya. <laughs> I mean... Like I go a long time, but it's so easy now, and everything's changed with the having Technology, a smartphone. Yeah, yeah, I can call anyone in my family with WhatsApp. Yeah. It's so easy anytime. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it that it, uh, communication is easy. I send photos to all of all them the time, all the yeah. time. Uh, so I feel like they're kind of more in the loop of what's going on in my life. Definitely. And um, in that trip, they really were not. Oh. I would say really, it's very rare that I that I feel lonely. More often, I just get exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I would say the opposite happens more. Not the opposite, but like I get um, sometimes, even with couch surfing, I love couch surfing, but there have been times that I've, done, I've used couch surfing for like 15 or 20 days in a row. And then that, I get exhausted from it just because, you know, every, every host that, I, that you stay with, so usually you want to do a lot of you end up talking a lot, right? yeah. like we have, yeah, and of course. you end up wanting to go out and go around with them or something, whatever they have time for, and then, then you end up not actually getting time to yourself. So then oh, sometimes yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, take yeah, a break yeah, yeah. and just go get a room That's and dead. just rest and be, be alone. But yeah, I would say couch surfing more than anything is probably what helps me to not feel lonely. So <laughs> nowadays, after since I've started couch surfing, when I go to a hostel, I end up feeling lonely. <laughs> because I feel more, uh, I feel like it's harder with so many people to like, it's not like a one-on-one -on -one thing or it's not like you already know about them. When you go to a couch service house, they've already seen your profile. They've yeah, already read your references. Your references yeah. They know something about you. When you're in a hostel, it's more intimidating and people travel in groups and it's more, and I'm, then I feel more shy. Mm, that could be. So sometimes I have, I would say, sometimes when I stay in hostels, I feel a little bit lonely. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's man. Completely it's changed. It's, it's crazy. Me, yeah. I guess, I guess it's the experiences that tell for yourself. Like, you know, because when you started out, you had never experienced anything which is called loneliness. Yeah. Because you've always been with the family. Yeah. But now that you've been traveled so much, you've experienced so much of loneliness. Or I, I wouldn't call it loneliness, but like staying with yourself. Yeah. That now you don't feel lonely much. But you know, it's all the experiences. Now, if couch surfing wouldn't have been there for you, hostels would have been a way to be more of an extrovert rather than a place to be shy yeah, at yeah, so yeah. I guess it's all the experiences that it's make become, all the yeah it's made me like become so comfortable yeah. with being alone actually I was having a conversation with my dad about this yeah. uh, when I was home I was back home uh, like a month ago for a couple weeks okay. and uh, my dad was kind of having this 
he was just saying you're becoming so you've, you're doing you've done this for such a long time now you're becoming so independent and you're going on your own so much that he thinks one day it'll be hard for me to be able to settle down with someone oh, yeah. you know like to actually like yeah, find yeah, yeah, a yeah, partner yeah, yeah. and like commit to someone and oh, maybe, he's just saying the longer you keep yeah, yeah, yeah. doing this on your own the the more comfortable you're going to become with being alone and that's just something to keep in your mind. Or maybe you'll find a partner who's just like yeah. you. It's all up to the universe to decide, I guess, you know. Of course, of course. What about you, Naya? Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I haven't really traveled much alone. Uh, but but uh, still 10 countries is quite much for yeah. me who have traveled zero countries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Europe, I was uh, with a group of uh, classmates. So that was kind of nice. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really have um, a lot of time to travel alone. I guess the only time I have been alone is um, when I went back to Kenya, I did a little bit of, because uh, I have I had never traveled around my own country. I've been to 10 countries, but I haven't seen a lot of uh, Kenya, my country, so I decided to do that by myself. And I'm telling you, uh, I have no experience with traveling alone, so I was a little bit lonely. I kind of cut my trip short and I had to go back home. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy yeah. guys you wanna pitch in for something like what has been travel guides or something like that that has been helped you out in terms of everything like you know like when you start to a new country are there specific websites that you always go to or the some specific books that you always take in consideration before traveling to somewhere or is it directly just random search on google only so I've actually never used a travel book okay. in my life. But okay. I've met a lot of travelers who do and who really like using them. And I know people who... A lot of people think that they're not... Like something like Lonely Planet or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of things. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I've just never used one, so I, I can't really speak on that. Uh, in terms of any specific website, besides Couchsurfing, <laughs> it's really the best resource. Of course. Um, it is. It is, yeah. Because I mean, I use it even when I'm not looking for a host. Even if they're not going, able to host, I use it just to ask people questions, like, sure. how to, what's the best way to arrive to this city from this city, or blah blah blah. Same, same. Then I, I'm directly asking a person instead of searching it on Google. It's so much easier to just ask somebody who lives there. So I do that a lot. Otherwise, it's random searches on Google. Right. And in terms of finding places that I want to go, I ask my car surfing hosts, and oh, then yeah. I, I do search on Google. Sometimes. And I'm weird in that I actually use Google Maps more than I use Google itself. Okay. I look at Google Maps and I just start looking at places that look interesting geographically. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested in geography, so I'll look at like a... I don't know. I'll look at like topography okay. and how an area is. I like mountainous areas and oh, yeah. then I, I will like choose a random village. Oh, this might be a cool place and just see what's there. So I don't... I honestly don't do that much research. Before I travel, right, and then uh, in terms of getting cheap flights, um, yeah. yeah, we normally prefer using uh, either kayak or there's a ITA software matrix by Google. Not um, Omar, eh? <laughs> <laughs> can um, we go? Can we go a little bit into that story? <laughs> um, so what happened to me was um, we booked my flight about a month or so ago mm -hmm. uh, through ITA software, uh, which is um, what was by Oman Air. And um, they need what they call a confirmation of payment. So we did send them that, you know, copy of a credit credit card and a passport. And um, but everything had letter. been paid for. The everything credit card was charged. Everything was yeah. fine. You know, the payment went through. But um, 
So I had trouble trying to get to India because um, I didn't pay attention to the e-visa uh, requirements. Uh, you need oh. to get it five days before the day of arrival. Okay. So I had to push my flight five days um, later. later. Uh, supposed to arrive with me. That's why David uh, has been in India four days and then I came in yesterday. Um, but when I went to check in at the airport, they told me that uh, my payment had not gone through. What? So uh, I had to go to the office and we had to make a few phone calls and s send a few emails. And I ended up having to pay an extra $100. But um, all is good. Uh, nothing against Oman Air. I'm sure, um, you know, this is something that happens a lot. So, yeah. yeah that, that but all so. things considered, I would recommend ITA software. ITA. ITA. Shout out to ITA. Yeah, my that's my dad has taught us that one right. uh, for finding cheap flights. So uh, it's a website. It is. Yeah, you just search ITA software. It's like Matrix or something. Mm -hmm. by, but it's it's by Google, I think. Right. Okay. And it's just easier to navigate than something like a Skyscanner or Kayak because there's no advertisements. Okay. Right. There's no advertisements right. on this on this one. Mm -hmm. And it covers most, I think, all airlines, and it will give you. I mean, it finds cheap flights. The thing is, you cannot book through ITA. Okay. So you, so you can, can just flight, research through can, ITA. You can find the flight numbers. Okay. And you can find like the whatever book, whatever information, and then you need to go book directly through the, through through the, the airline airline yes. website. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But the it's if you want to find the cheapest flight, it's a good, it's a great resource. You know, like uh, when you were talking about the researching through directly the host of Couchsurfing, this experience of mine popped up in my. Uh, idea so i went to goa uh, like i last october i guess uh, on my solo trip and honestly i had it was my most random solo trip ever as in like up till 8 in the night i was working at my office at 9 p.m i just bought a small general ticket still not sure if i want to go or, yeah general <laughs> ticket because <laughs> and then still not sure if i want to really go to goa or not i just came back i just had confirmed my through couch surfing uh, at an hostel it's shout out no name hostel it's a beautiful place and um, to get you know like uh, if i want to come to goa will i be get a free home like stay or something like that they said yes and that's it and and the reason i got to them was because they had like 160 sort of references and this is i'm talking about last october so it's already been here so i don't know it will be much more and it's the only place which is like world's first crowdfunded hostel oh, wow. mm -hmm. yeah so most random trip ever i just came home i had my dinner then i packed my bag and it was around 11 13 the night and i like i'm like fuck it let me go so then after 11 30 i went to the station and i boarded the train now that since my ticket was in general coach i couldn't of course get the proper seat as well and i had to pay a little bit of an extra money but that's all and i remember i was legit standing for six to seven hours in the train and before i actually got a seat and the travel was also a little long but the best thing what happened with me is what so normally what happens is people always know mudgao as the station where you get to get down at goa but there are actually two two stations before mudgao which is thevim and Purnam, where you can actually get down so and i had zero idea about all this thing but when i talked to the couchsurfing hostel or even on whatsapp with them they only told me that you know you get down here it will be much better for you as well for you to travel as well rather than coming from mudgao which is like uh, loads of kilometers away from our hostel so i got down at the Purnam station which is like the first station in goa and then luckily got a bus 
which cost me what 25 bucks to reach the hostel mm-hmm. rather than taking those uh, taxis that were there and they were going to charge me easily 600 700 bucks so uh, and uh, of course i like to save money uh, so and then i actually reached the ho- hostel and then the 2 3 uh, days of my experience were fucking beautiful my point being researching upon your own a little bit it's okay but rather than you know like directly through couch surfing host we get to know a lot uh, intricacies of everything which are nearby things which are not nearby where to where to actually halt where from where to take the public transport or from xyz yeah. stuff directly contacting them it's a beautiful thing like suppose now if you are going to let's say bhutan from here if you can get hold of like at least four of different hosts even if they're not hosting you if, if you can reply you for one of one or five of your queries then the sort of research time that you put into yeah. the google search gets almost cut by half or something yeah. so that is one of the amazing things i feel right yeah, yeah, can, can i ask uh, a question yeah sure man you? uh since you are say a couch surfing host and david is more of a couch surfing guest um, yeah i guess i, I want to ask you guys uh, what kind of tips do you have you for a couch surfing uh, uh, guest uh, like yeah, what do you want them to be like to do and stuff like that and david uh, what do you um what kind of advice do you have for any couch surfing hosts out there who are listening that what 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 should they do to to our guests or something like that amazing so uh, i would like to go first but david has four times the more experiences than i have so i love david to pitch in first and then i can tell about the hosting thing sure so i mean i'm super easy going when it comes to hosts uh or in, in general i guess uh, i would say i've had i mean i've stayed with so many different types of people and I mean with groups of people I've stayed like in a in a university dormitory a few times I've, and I've slept on people's kitchen floors <laughs> I've had private bedrooms everything uh I don't know it's a really hard question you know I I uh for me it's really like anything's okay you know I've had hosts that are I guess sometimes over the top in terms of wanting to spend every waking minute with me and that's <laughs> a little bit tiring okay it exhausts me Um so I think you have to have a balance and then there's other hosts who host you and they but they make it they've made it clear to me before I arrive they've made it clear I'm I can give you a free place to sleep there will be nothing more I'm working from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day I'm going to be super busy and I have other stuff going on I won't have any time to spend with you mm-hmm. so if you come to stay here uh we it's really just going to be like a place for you to 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 crash and um and i i i prefer to be able to exchange have an exchange with my host obviously uh so i think it's up to the host i mean there are, there are, i know that there are hosts who are if they're super busy they're not going to accept a guest right um but i think you have to find a balance i guess yeah. that's what i'm trying to say like right. you, you don't want to drown your guest with too much uh attention or or anything yeah. uh and you don't want the opposite either yeah you don't want to ditch them completely don't leave them yeah exactly right. for right. me i can do deal with either situation and it's fine mm-hmm. but the best is when you have a balance of spending time with them and also going out and exploring on your own right. I mean, when you can find that perfect balance i think that's what's best for me 
vague of the idea was very vague to me but i remember i just made a profile and the most important thing on a couch surfing after the references is the sort of a profile you make like right. you know what are your interests what is it that the person should know about you the amount of efforts that you have put in a making a couch surfing profile the person can legit understand that no this person is actually serious about being a host or being a traveler xyz stuff so i remember there was this german guy and it was i think 2 3 years back who had requested me and i saw his profile even he had zero references even i had zero references so i saw sort of sort of an opportunity and all but now i knew that i don't have a place to offer to him host so what i did was uh, i had a college friend of mine who has his own apartment so what i did was i accepted his request and i told him that i don't have a place to host but i'll make sure that you have the greatest experience and what what i told him that you come down at my hostel and then i'll take you to my friend's place so uh, in the morning i was half asleep and suddenly i get a call, call like you know i just it's a hostel so i get a big speaker announcement viral shah come down there's a guy there's a foreigner guy and now for my hostel someone from white skin or someone foreigner coming to an hostel it's like a very crazy thing so all were like kind of shocked and then and i came down all in my shorts and half half t-shirt that i was wearing and a half asleep and i see i see him and i'm like oh yeah man how are you we just talked a little bit and my friend's house was nearby so we just went there and then of course the experience had been for with him was amazing and then of course so i made at my friend's place some amazing chai and then since he was tired and it was early morning that he had came i came back to my hostel and i made him meet my college friend and all and then we had an amazing experience and post that i remember we had our, our college friends we were going out on for playing football and all and he since he was german he was very much into football so i just invited him and oh boy he had some amazing time playing that football most importantly the best players in my college team seemed kind of noobs in front of the way he was playing the football and i still remember he sort of fractured my thumb while i was goalkeeping <laughs> with his shot because he has such power and then i realized that he uh, until the age of 16 he had already played with some of the clubs in germany oh wow oh wow so wow. that was a sort of first ever experiences that i had on couch surfing and post that when i actually started had my having my home and that was again a crazy experience because my home was like what a small square block where we were four people already staying in but still i was so much into the idea of giving an experience i already mentioned on my profile that we are four guys staying in a small apartment there's hardly any space but if you are okay staying with four guys do come and my house you know what what we are sitting in this house it was less than half of this house so it was that small and there were already four of us living and still i used to host a lot of people there so wow. for then i realized that for me uh, 
it's more of the kind of an experience that you're giving to the person irrespective of the kind of quality home that you're giving to them so it doesn't matter if your house is you know like a big posh or it's small hut or a small village kind of a small it all depends on the kind of experience that you're giving so for me what i always look in the host is it, it's okay if you have zero references if you hardly have any because i've hosted two to three people from different countries who have had zero references but what i always make sure is first of all i look at their profile how beautifully they have built the profile how much energy they have put into building their profile second i always try to get in touch with them on their instagram so once i get on instagram i know how much is he into traveling or what exactly is he is up to so that from his instagram profile i can get a basic idea of the kind of person is so you usually check the surfer's instagram profile yeah yeah so they... uh, so uh, even right now if you go to my account surfing profile yeah. i always may, may even mention in my uh, my Your my handle. profile that if this is my handle too, in yeah. case in case if <laughs> I'm not able to re uh, reply to you on cow surfing make sure that you're you know getting in touch with me on Instagram because I breathe Instagram honestly speaking I'm yeah. always there on Instagram and every friend of mine knows that for sure so that is the major thing that I always keep looking at it and uh, I always take care of it and and if if you have good references then it's always a plus yeah, yeah. so that is all as a host I look into the people's profile first is how much effort you have put into the profile mm -hmm. secondly is what sort of an Instagram or social media active person or how if yeah. you are actually a traveler and you are traveling then what sort of a traveling experience you have had through your profile because i've seen you might not have that sort of a couchsurfing experience because you just got the idea of it but you have always been traveling either staying in hostel so you always like if you are a traveler and this is 95% that i've seen if you are a traveler you are bound to take pictures and put on your instagram yes <laughs> okay so that will of course give me a knowledge about the kind of places you have traveled to so yeah. i know how culturally aware you are of the places so this is all like so this is my research even like when david was coming in i told david that this is the sort of lifestyle at first i see the cow the references then i see the references that you have posted for people and then all that kind of see references is always a trusting thing on cow surfing but apart from that even if you everyone needs a head head start so i always make sure if i can help help them out in a good experience first experience i'll make make that yeah. so yes. that's uh that's my thing so i think we are coming towards the end of our podcast uh what i'll what you from you guys is uh, uh, more imp want to know what are the major things that you have learned uh while traveling all around the world uh what is it that you want to throw it to the audience in terms of ifs and nots to take care of if they are using couch surfing if they are not using couch surfing if they are traveling somewhere and what and lastly what's the most beautiful place that you have traveled okay i if i had to boil it down into one specific thing that i've learned in my travels it's just that people are good okay yeah i've like i mean i said earlier that i've been a roller coaster of trusting and not trusting people but it's really like a gen the general trend has been up you know over time and uh You know, my, on my first trip uh, when I was backpacking around when I was 18, I had my back my entire backpack stolen with all of my important things in it, oh, passport, fuck. everything, my uh, SD cards with all of my photos. This so, was when? This was in 2012 on okay. my first backpacking trip alone. All right. And of course I became really disheartened, you know, after that and I I was quite depressed and uh, my mom kind of talked me into getting back into it and don't come home like you need to continue your trip. and the financial stuff is not the end of the world you're fine you didn't get hurt blah 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 um 
And after that time, I, th I think there was a few months where I just thought everyone is bad. I didn't want to trust anyone. But the more and more that I've traveled around the world, I would just say that people are good and people are the same. You know, like, not the same, but I mean, you know, like, there are so many people see differences in each other based yeah. on color or religion on all these different things. But really, everyone is the same deep yeah. down inside. And that's, I think that's the most important thing that I've learned in my travels. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'd say uh, the same thing like David said, I think travel has really opened up my mind. I have a wider perspective of uh, so many things in this world, uh, prejudice and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's really good for people to travel. Uh, and then real quick, the most beautiful place I've ever traveled to was this small German-speaking town in northern Italy. It's called Meran. It's actually in south, southern Tyrol, the most beautiful place I've ever seen to. All right, guys, that's what uh, that's the podcast for today. Shout out to David and Naya for being such amazing guests. And that's about it for now. See you for the next podcast. Until then, keep having that amazing chai or just come meet me and I'll make you some amazing chai. And we are out.